Hey, Tara. Hi, Natalie. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great because this is my favorite time of the year. And I got to say, this is one of my favorite record store traditions where we get to stay after hours and decorate the store for Halloween. Yeah, me too. I love fall and Halloween and Thanksgiving, all things autumn, autumnal. Yep. I agree. Yep. I'm in my prime. Me too. This is my time to shine. I love it. And then we slide right into Christmas and winter. My favorite holidays for sure. Nice. Yes. I like to eat all the candy and the food. It's not even Halloween yet. And I already bought myself an entire bag of Halloween candy and ate it. <laughs> oh, you're getting a head start. Uh, yeah. You gotta- oh, except for I left all the banana Laffy Taffies. So. Are you kidding? Those are the jam. Yeah. You don't like banana no, Laffy Taffies. They're fine. I just leave them to the end because they're my least favorite. I would happily take those off your hands. Yeah, you know, you got to get get a head start on the candy eating, grease the gullet, because it's we're going to go really hard come the 31st. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do you usually dress up? You know what? Dressing up used to be my jam, strictly because I'm super crafty and it was an opportunity to make. I loved making my costume and I particularly like doing themed costumes with like a group of friends. But oh, yeah. I haven't done that in a while. I haven't I haven't had like the itch to get out the sewing machine and make a costume. My my current Halloween tradition is just a classic movie thon with some good Halloween films and some like cheesy B movie horror movies. Ooh, That's kind of my thing. Yes. Yeah. How about you? I usually do dress up and I usually do dress up as uh, someone from pop culture and usually music. So, examples of past Halloween costumes. Axel Rose, nice. which is really funny. Um, someone from, uh, one of the ladies from Pussy Riot. I was Elton John one year. I was Shania Twain one year. <laughs> yeah, I just like to dress up as like people from pop culture, especially music. You know what pop culture costume I'm looking forward to most this year? I've What's seen that? a lot of buzz online from people wanting to dress up as Tedros from The Idol. I don't even know who that is. That crazy show with uh, The Weeknd and Lily Rose Depp that had very polarizing reviews. Oh, gosh. You haven't heard about this at all? Okay, good. I don't know it. No. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've heard of that, but uh, I don't know like what is what this thing looks like that people would dress up as, I yeah, guess. Just imagine The Weeknd uh, looking like a uh, off-Broadway vampire with a really cheesy ponytail pull to the back. It's it was awful. Oh. The whole look was awful. Oh, I think there is if there's like a weekend TikTok filter or something and I've seen people putting it on their babies and so they, <laughs> they have like a baby in a diaper with like a giant weekend head That's walking around. <laughs> That's also terrifying. That's very Halloween appropriate. But yeah, Tedros is going to be the the pop culture costume this year, I think. I don't know what I'm going to be this year and I'm running out of time. Yeah, do you have any finalists? I was thinking a blonde ambition tour uh, Madonna. Ooh. I feel like that could be fun. Is that the pointy bra era? Yes, pointy bra era. Nice. Do you make your costumes? No. I can't sew. <laughs> I will need to. I mean, I have made costumes before, but usually it's like with pieces mostly already made. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just cobble together some stuff to make a look. Yeah. Make it work. Make it work. What's your favorite be? Halloween movie or even just general Halloween movie. It's your favorite movie. Well, the Halloween movie I have to watch every year without question has to be Hocus Pocus. Oh, yeah. I love Hocus Pocus so much. You know, I actually on my East Coast road trip saw 
one of the houses from Hocus Pocus in Salem. Nice. Appropriately. I have three favorite Halloween movies. Hit me. The Crow. Mm. Brandon Lee. Mm-hmm. Amazing soundtrack. Um, the Craft. Nice. And lastly, and this one is the cheesy one, Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp? Yeah. Have you, have you seen that? I've never 80s? seen that. Oh my gosh. Have I seen Please that? put that on your okay, list. Okay. I will write it down. The title's not ringing a bell. Maybe I've seen it, but I will definitely look it up. Cult classic. The ending will make you shriek. It is Great. shocking. <laughs> but it's 80s I like a cheesy, good shriek. So it's, it's a good one. Okay, good. I'll look that up. Yeah. So what kind of, what kind of theme are we going for in the store with our decorations? I'm seeing a heavy bat influence, a lot of bat activity, you know? Bats are good. Bats are good. We should hang some pumpkins from the ceiling. Yeah, that would the be nice. pumpkin, you know, pumpkin buckets. Do you carve Maybe pumpkins? Maybe some. Oh yeah, I've never oh, yeah. carved a pumpkin before. What? I know, I know. Why not? I, don't think I have no. I don't think so. I mean, I've never gotten in there. I maybe had one that was like prepared and I could cut out the eyes, but I want to get there with my hands and dig the seeds and stuff out. I've never done that before. Oh my gosh. See, that's another one that I kind of go all out on. I've done the prince symbol. I've done <laughs> nice. uh, E.T. Oh, I love carving oh, pumpkins. Cool. Also, again, pop culture, fun things. I love it. I don't have a design thought out this year though either. So, well, yeah, need to get that sorted. Well, maybe we'll get inspired tonight once we finish up the store. Give us some ideas. True. We need to put some skeletons just doing some, oh, yeah. some random some things dance, around. Dance positions from the skeletons. Maybe like a in a Michael Jackson pose with we'll a, a shiny glove, right? <laughs> yes. On it. We're on the same page. Yeah. Uh, we should listen to some music too while we decorate. We should. Let's get the holiday spirit going. Do you have some favorite Halloween tunes? Oh, yeah. Let's make a playlist. Dope. Maybe this is a good time for us to do the high fidelity game. Oh, yeah. We'll just do just the two of us and some yeah. maybe some ghostly pals who want to join us in the background who can't talk. Top five. Top five Halloween songs. Yeah. Let's do it. Do you want to go Let's first? Let's do it. No, you should go first. I should go first. Okay. Well, I'll kick it off with Freaks Come Out at Night by Houdini. So this is from their 1984 second album, Escape. This song is just about New York's wild nightlife party scene. But at this point, it's pretty much a Halloween staple. Any Halloween party or themed event I've ever been to has played the song. It's on practically every Halloween compilation album. It's just great. Just off that iconic hook, you know, the verses immediately give it away that it's not about, about Halloween. But nonetheless, you know, that hook, everybody knows that song, right? It's funny, I had to just now double check this, but I know Haunted House of Rock by Houdini. Who it is up with Houdini and all these spooky songs? <laughs> I know. Hey, you know, it, it, it worked once for them. I just keep making Halloween songs every year. Yeah. Why not? It's true. Yeah. I was watching the video recently for that song. And in the beginning, when the music drops, there's a kid dancing. And turns out that kid is a very, very young Jermaine Dupri, super producer Jermaine Dupri. It's very Wow. Adorable. Yeah. No way. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So I don't know. That that one puts me in the Halloween spirit. Just like the sound of the song and the beat. It's so 80s. And I think for me, the 80s was the height of Halloween culture. Just like so many yes. classic movies. You know, I was a kid at the time. I was still super eager to get dressed up and go trick-or-treating. The 80s, that was just the time to be alive for Halloween, right? Yes. Well, why? Like, why is the 80s so 
Halloween-y. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wonder if it's just that way because we were kids, you know? But I think yeah. it's more than that. I think it's legit, like it's the cultural so summit of Halloween. I don't know. I think I think the pop culture is still very like campy and yeah. I don't know, not so self-conscious and more willing to just kind of play around and be silly and take on a character. That's true. I think that's why. Yeah. And yeah, so many, I'm sure we'll go through many of them in our lists, but so many 80s Halloween songs that are still just legendary today. Actually, is I wonder if this is true for other holidays. Like, is there a decade for Christmas? That's I mean, there were a lot, you know, like, um, what's his face? The guy who has all the Christmas songs. Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby, yeah. What was that, 50s, 40s, 50s? Yeah, I, I don't know. I would say we would go back even a couple, two or three more decades for Christmas for its heyday. Yeah, really? I'd say so. Huh. I think we had some good ones in the... In the 80s, like The Temptations. It's just not Christmas for me until I hear The Temptations. But I digress. We'll talk about that over Christmas. (laughs) That's true. But yeah, 80s, Halloween belongs to the 80s for me. Yeah, I know. I agree 100%. All right. So number four, I have Somebody's Watching Me from Rockwell. This was in 84. Yeah, same year as the Houdini song from Rockwell's self-titled debut album under Motown Records. Another staple Halloween party dance song that you're going to hear every single time. And the hook famously features vocals from Michael and Jermaine Jackson, which led many people to believe, including myself, that this was a an MJ song, even though he's not credited on the song. Um, at his request, well, maybe at his request, other accounts say it was Motown that opted to not credit Michael Jackson because Rockwell, of course, is the son of Motown CEO Barry Gordy. And, you know, Rockwell decided to secure his deal on his own to avoid the nepotism accusations. And I think the label just wanted to protect themselves. They didn't want the relationship with Barry Gordy and with the Jacksons to get out. They even made him like sing in that cheesy British accent. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, eventually it came out anyway and there was backlash and his career kind of fizzled out after that. But Somebody's Watching Me has stood the test of time for sure. It has. And it's a year long a song for me. I love that song. It's a fun yeah. one. But it is very Halloween. It has that, that who's paranoia. watching me now? Who? The IRS. Right, right. The video's That's got- That's pretty scary. Yeah. The video's got like real psycho vibes as he spends much of it in the shower or like walking around his place in a towel being stalked by all kinds of spooky characters. It kind of comes off like a bit of a thirst trap now. I'm just like, why are you still nude? Just go put some clothes on. He's very paranoid. He walks around freaked out by pictures and masks hanging on his wall. And when, even as a kid, I was wondering why he just didn't take that shit down. Like, clearly it's creeping you out every time you walk by it. Just yeah. take it off the wall. And you'll be fine. It's true. I don't know. Yeah. It was like the precursor of Big Brother, you know. <laughs> yeah. All the cameras, CCTV. No, I'm just kidding. I imagine this one is a a mainstay in your Halloween DJ playlist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely. All right. Number three, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, A Nightmare on My Street. So this was the third single from their second album, He's the DJ, I'm the Rapper, released in 1988. I love this one. I love when MCs tell full-on stories in their songs, like particularly from this time, like the 80s and the 90s. I'm thinking of like 
Rap legends like Slick Rick, Nas, Ghostface, Biggie, and of course the Fresh Prince, Will Smith. And I think that's why this song is so much fun and such a great Halloween tune. It's it's just a funny, entertaining story, right? Yeah, I feel like I'm not getting that from hip hop today, the storytelling, and I miss it. I mean, even even like Easy E with Boys in the Hood was telling a story. Yeah, there's, I don't know. There's I miss that. There. But yeah, it's yeah, this is a it's not as prevalent. I think you have like J. Cole is a good example. There's still some good storytellers out there. Hmm. Maybe you see that's I just don't know it, you mm-hmm. know. I don't I don't have the yeah, the details on the lyrics. But um I was just gonna say I love this one. This one's a, such a classic. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's the video's ba- it's basically a spoof of Nightmare on Elm Street where Will is terrorized by Fred, who doesn't look anything like Freddy Krueger in the video. He's more of a cross between Max Headroom and Andrew Dice Clay. And his finger blades are like just tone arms in the cartridges, which is funny. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. snap. That would make such a good Halloween. That would, player. right? Are you feeling inspired? I would love that. Yes. Um, yeah. So the Fresh, Fresh Prince is having this nightmare and then he wakes up to find his sheets are all shredded up. And so he calls Jazzy Jeff to warn him not to fall asleep. But he's too late. Fred is already there and slashes him up. And my favorite part is when Fred takes the phone away from Jazzy Jeff and says, I'm your DJ now, Princey, which is just the silliest (laughs) thing ever. I love it. How old was Will Smith when this came out? I wonder, because I also, as a kid, when this was out, I felt like he was making music for me, you know, and parents just don't understand. There was just like a fun kid factor to these songs. Yeah, that's why I like Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince just in general, you know, like regardless of the trend happening in hip hop, it was kind of moving more towards gangster rap and everything. They were just content to have fun and be silly and party it up. And I like that. Yeah. They were just in their own lane. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Um, Some interesting history with this video. Originally, this song was considered to be featured on the soundtrack for A Nightmare on Elm Street 4. And they were going to produce this music video with New Line Cinema, but the studio instead went with the track, Are You Ready for Freddy? from the Fat Boys, which is also a great song. Well, BMG, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince label, they released the video anyway. And it aired a few times on MTV before New Line Cinema sued them and won, at which point the video was pulled and its copies destroyed. Oh no. Yeah, so for like 30 years, the video just didn't exist. It was just gone. Until 2018, when someone uploaded it to YouTube right before Halloween, very low quality. There's even a couple of seconds of an episode of Growing Pains taped over it that clips in. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah, but a month later, a cleaner version was uploaded, and now it's back for all of us to enjoy. That's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) Growing Pains. All right. Number two, I Put a Spell on You by Screamin' Jay Hawkins. I put a spell on you. Because you're mad. So there's a clip from 1966 of Screamin' Jay Hawkins performing on the Merv Griffin show. And it's outrageous and intense. And I love it. It's just he's wearing a cape and holding a tambourine and a staff with a skull on the end. Just captivating, going nuts. There's like a little... A little poof of smoke on the stage for drama. His Arsenio of this is even crazier. He's got the the bone in the nose and he's just such a phenomenal all-in performer. And it's funny too, because you see him get tickled at himself in places and holding back his laughter. He's just great. He was a great comedian and he had that incredible operatic voice. I just, I think this song is so cool. 
you can really see how he inspired a lot of these big shock rockers, you know, with the face pain and over the top stage antics. I think like Marilyn Manson and Alice Cooper types, you know, I really think Screaming Jay Hawkins was the blueprint for that kind of thing. Yeah. I love the spooky laugh he does. Oh, yeah. And those just like maniacal screams that oh, he, he has nuts. In, in the song. Yeah. It's like when he's like speaking in tongues and just babbling. It's it's spooky and funny. And I don't know. He's just he's such a good performer. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to some of my favorite versions of this song. Of course, Nina Simone does a really cool version of it. Also, The Animals, the Alan Price set. I really like that version. Um, and of course, the version from, again, my favorite Halloween movie, Hocus Pocus. I love that one. Um, and there's another cool version from a young, young singer named Angelina Jordan. She, I think she was originally on Norway's Got Talent, but she's got this really mesmerizing voice. You know, you see these kids who have these, these kind of old soul vocals and you're like, where is yeah. that coming from? Yeah, she has a really good voice. And she recorded a version of the song that I think captures that big, crazy drama of the song. Just like aside from the fact that she's a kid, I think she really, she really puts in a good performance. It's, it's kind of fascinating, but yeah. It's a great song. Cool. There's equally some terrible covers of the song. A lot of people who try to sing it who probably should stay Shouldn't. away from it. <laughs> <laughs> like who? I don't, I don't well, think I've heard any of the bad covers. Every It seems like everybody tries to cover the song, but it's like you can't have any reservations when you perform a song like this. So a lot of those yeah. songstresses who are, you know, really concerned about their evening gowns and looking a particular way, <laughs> it just doesn't, it just doesn't come across the right way. Yeah. It gets cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be willing to just let it all hang out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is my number one. I'm pretty sure you can guess it. It's Thriller. Thriller. <laughs> Michael Jackson. Ah. Of course. Of course it's Thriller. Tara, it's going to be a while, if ever, until another Halloween song can surpass the cultural impact of this song. It's just 100%. Massive. It's great. To this day, I don't think I've seen like a marketing push as genius and effective as Thriller. It was a worldwide event. I remember when it premiered, right? Because they, they aired that. I don't that. remember when it premiered because oh. I think I was like four. <laughs> so, yeah, well, still, I remember it. I remember it because they aired that uh, making of documentary oh, thing yeah. before the premiere. And I remember sitting on the floor in the family room as close to the TV as my mom would allow because I just didn't want to miss any of it. It was just so cool seeing like John Landis and Vincent Price and Ola Ray and all the makeup and all the effects. And then the video itself was like 14 minutes long. It was, it was huge, huge. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to this day, I can sit and watch that video and I've seen it a million times. Oh, like yeah. I can, I love that video so much. It's like watching it for the first time every single time. It's so it's good. awesome, and it has such awesome like horror movie references in it. It's it's the quintessential yeah. Halloween song for sure. Even the like break dancing zombies. It's it's how do you manage to make that look cool? Right, you like know? it's not cheesy at all. I mean, I, actually, maybe some people do think it's cheesy, but for us, again, like we've talked about this before, how we like a certain type of cheesy, and I think this is one, maybe one of those. Oh, yeah, chef's kiss on this one. Do you know the dance routine? You better know the dance routine. I don't. Girl. I know little giant pieces of it, but. Okay, anytime this song breaks out, I'm doing the full routine. I don't care who's <laughs> around. I don't care who's watching. I'm doing it. It's a must. 
But it's amazing how even the dance routine is something that people from many different generations are continually just learning and oh, doing yeah. whenever they hear the song. And like still referencing, like you see people hit yeah. some of those moves and you just, you know, that's it. Thriller. It's Thriller. so cool. Yeah. Did you know that the original title of the song was Starlight? Yes. And the hook was Starlight, Starlight, Sun. And, <laughs> and Rod Temperton, the writer, originally wanted to title the album Midnight Man, right? But then, of course, he slept on it. And when he woke up, the, the word thriller just popped into his head and the rest is history. I never realized until recently that the whole album is kind of dark in a sense and thinking about like his paranoias and, and anxieties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, do you want to be starting something? Beat it. Oh, man, this really album is so good. It's so good. It's so good. Wasn't like nearly nearly every song, I think, but two was a single. Yeah, the two being, oh, honestly, probably just one, The Lady one. in My Life. Because I think I, I think The Girl is Mine is a single, right? Yes. Paul McCartney. How can you yeah. not have a single from a Paul McCartney and Michael Combo song? And PYT. Oh my God. That's like, that's like my ultimate Michael dance track. What a great album. Okay. 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 That's amazing. A lot of thriller love going on, of course. Um, yeah. So honestly, I don't know if Halloween in general, like we were just talking about eighties being the peak of Halloween culture. I don't know if Halloween is big enough these days to spawn another thriller music moment. No, I'm trying to think of even like, what is something that has happened even really recently similar? No, there's nothing. There's really nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's more modern Halloween songs like, for example, Dracula's Wedding from Outcast, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or The Boogie Monster, Gnarls Barkley, Dracula by Gorillaz. I think there are a lot of like dark kind of creepy songs that get get labeled for Halloween kind of after mm-hmm. the fact. I, mean, I think of like, like um, even Rihanna, something like Disturbia and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, I just, I don't But that doesn't count. That doesn't count? Yeah, I feel, feel, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, well, I mean, if you have a song called Dracula's Wedding. Yeah. It's not the same as like Disturbia, but. But I'm saying I hear that too a lot during Halloween. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, "Eh, for sure. Okay. But nothing is like. Or Zombie by the Cranberries. Right, exactly. There just happens to be a (laughs) Halloween adjacent word in the song and suddenly it's a Halloween song. Right. Um, Yeah. I just, I don't know if we're going to get another thriller anytime soon. I'd like to see somebody try. That's for dang sure. I'm ready for some creativity. Who do you think could pull it off? Like who has the the star power? Um, Beyonce. Beyonce. Taylor Swift definitely is having yeah, a moment. Yeah, but I don't know if she's that creative. Uh, <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Maybe Rihanna could actually. That's funny. That's another, that's another conversation. Um, yeah. A challenge. We're issuing a challenge. We need someone to talk to. Mars. Yeah, maybe Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars definitely has the theatrics to, to do it. I don't, yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know if his profile is globally big enough to do that, but maybe. I don't know. That's That might not be right to say either because this last thing, yeah. what is this uh, project he's been doing with um, Pac, Anderson Pac? Silk Sonic, that's it. Silk Sonic, yeah. I feel like Silk Sonic has the creativity and the, they could bring the drama to do something kind of in the same vein. I don't think so. I think Silk Sonic is super fun, man. They're not going to be Michael Jackson, but I think they could hit us with a really fun, campy, 80s, reminiscent kind of Halloween track. I think they could do it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Those are my 
five Halloween songs. Your turn. They're great. They're all legendary mm-hmm. songs. Excellent list. Thank classics. You. I kind of threw in classics, went a little goth, threw in like a more like one newish or not new, but newer compared to the others. But yeah. Okay. I'll just jump right in. Number five from 2013 is the song Evil Eye by Franz Ferdinand. Mm. This one is just such a fun, spooky indie dance song. I just feel like if you put this on a Halloween playlist, it's probably one of the coolest, coolest Halloween songs. It's produced by Todd Terje. I mean, how cool can you get? It was released as a third single from their fourth studio album called Right Thoughts, Right Words, Right Action. And it came out on October 28th, 2013. So right before Halloween and perfect timing. And also the video is just this montage of gross footage from horror movies. Blood squirting, spewing everywhere, people getting butchered, throats being slashed. And then the singer, Alex Capranos, having this just like cheesy dirtbag mustache. <laughs> um, but it's such a fun song. The video is madness. Wasn't there like a, a, a face in a tummy? In a, like a big man and Ooh. there's like a face in his stomach. I just remember that from the I video. I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember that, but... Yeah, I like this track. Very danceable. Franz Ferdinand had some a lot of danceable tracks. I remember doing a lot of grooving to their music in LA in my yeah. young club days. I don't think I would categorize this song as one of those, like the Rihanna Disturbia that would just show up on a Halloween playlist because it sounds like one of those classic old Halloween songs. Dun, dun, dun. It's got the organ. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it has this evil feel to it. It feels made for Halloween, and it's called Evil Eye. And and of course, like I said, the video has horror moments to it. Uh, it's perfect for Halloween. Yeah, that's a good modern one. All right, number four is Bella Lugosi's Dead Undead Undead by Bauhaus, nineteen seventy nine. Bella Lugosi's Dead. was released as their first single in 1979 and it's often considered the first gothic rock record it's like nine minutes long and yeah it's just creepy it's awesome and of course the name is inspired by horror film star Bela Lugosi who was the title character Dracula in the 1931 movie and the cover art is actually from, uh, as a still from the movie, The Sorrows of Satan, which is a horror movie that came out in 1926. So, Yikes. Um, all parts of this is like perfectly creepy Halloween, goth culture. Oh, and I read this bit, which I thought was perfect, that Bella Lugosi's Dead would have just been another piece of post-punk experimentation had it not been for the lyrics which depicted the funeral of the Dracula star with bats swooping and virgin brides marching past his coffin. The effect was so irresistibly theatrical that dozens of bands formed in its wake. So many, in fact, that goth quickly became very codified musical genre. Uh, that was actually written by The Guardian. Wow. Basically saying, like, Bauhaus invented goth music and it was pretty much thanks to Bella Lugosi's dead. Nice. 
All right, number three. Three. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Ray Parker Jr., Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Strange in your neighborhood. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters! There's something weird and it don't look good. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters! Ghostbusters. It was written for the movie Ghostbusters. Came out in 1984, and it actually got to number one. Oh, I just want to say, this came out in 1984. Like I said, Thriller was what, 1983? You, you said um, Nightmare on My Street was 88, and Houdini was 1984. Mm-hmm. This is like such a short period of time with just like the most epic Halloween songs ever. Oh, and Rockwell was in 1984 also, one right. year after Thriller. Yeah. Um, if that, but definitely close after. Ray Parker Jr. was approached to create a theme song for the movie, and he only had a few days to do it. And he was watching late night television and saw a cheap commercial for something, and it reminded him of a similar commercial in the film. And so that inspired him to write this pseudo-advertising jingle that the business could have commissioned as a promotion almost. And I think that's It's so perfect, honestly. You know, it fits that whole cheesy vibe that even the movie Ghostbusters had with Egon and, you know, everybody. Yeah. And it was actually nominated at the Academy Awards for Best Original Song, but lost to Stevie Wonder's I Just Called to Say I Love You. And, of course, we all know about the lawsuit that occurred between Parker and Huey Lewis. And that was basically Huey Lewis sued Ray Parker Jr. for plagiarism. He claimed that they'd copied the melody and especially the bass line from I Want a New Drug. So let's just hear a clip of that to compare. But the case was actually settled out of court in 1985 for an undisclosed sum and a confidentiality agreement that prohibited discussion of the case. But then later, Parker was able to sue Huey Lewis for breaching that confidentiality agreement in 2001 when he was telling the world in VH1's Behind the Music that Parker stole the song. Oh, come on, So he said, he was like, I got a lot of money out of that one. (laughs) Right. He caught him (laughs) slipping. (laughs) Yeah, he caught him slipping. That's so funny. Also, the video is really fun and has a lot of cameos from celebrities like Chevy Chase, Irene Cara, John Candy, just to name a few. And none of the actors were paid for doing so. It was just as a favor, which is nice. But yeah, the video it is basically it features a young woman played by actress Cindy Harrell. She's haunted by a ghost portrayed by Ray Parker roaming this like house with all these neon designs and very sparse architecture. And then the woman finally decides to call the Ghostbusters. And then, of course, in the end of the video is like Ray Parker Jr. was has he's with all the stars from the movie and they're in their full Ghostbuster costume garb dancing down the streets of New York and basically they do this same thing in the closing of the credits for the the real Ghostbusters cartoon series yeah I love it (laughs) yeah anyways just some fun cheesy Halloween related pop culture I love it I love that clip of them just walking down New York and dancing doing that cheesy little dance that they do it's adorable. So good. Man, I miss the 80s. Uh, all right, number two is Susie and the Banshees, Halloween. Trick or treat, trick or treat, the bitter and 
Halloween is a song included on their album called Juju from 1981. And they were saying it's kind of like a concept album. They realized that they were drawing on a lot of darker elements and it wasn't pre-planned, but they saw a thread running through most of the songs and it became this narrative. And it was another very uh, influential album to goth and dark wave musical genres. So that's really all I have to say about this one. Classic Halloween jammer. They're so cool. They're so cool. Nice. So, yep, that was my number two. Number one, drum roll. It's Thriller. Yeah, of course. Why would it not be? That would be so bad if it was, you know, yeah. if it wasn't. It has thunder. It has creaking doors. It has Vincent Price. It has wolf howls. The song. I'm still just talking about the song, not even the music video. Right. The song was scary to me. That Vincent Price part when I was a kid yeah. legit spooked me. <laughs> Let's just hear that part or part of it, I guess. For no mortal can resist the evil of the foreigner. <laughs> And also, there's such a buildup. There's such suspense in the song. The zombies, Michael Jackson himself becoming a zombie. The girl at the beginning even getting chased. and But then turns out that it's like part of the movie. And it's just so good. I mean, they really thought about everything. You know what part of the Vincent Price monologue that really spooked me? And it's when what? the, it's like the, right when the eerie theremin comes in. And it's in the video, it's when the, zombie comes out of the grave and Vincent Price is saying the foulest stench is in the air the funk of 40,000 years that line that's when I would start to get like kind of nervous grizzly ghoul it's like yeah. it's so cool oh, man and of course of course the way he says the evil of the thriller the and he does that laugh evil of yeah. the thriller <laughs> yes so good this song enters the billboard charts regularly every Halloween season I mean not every Halloween season but often during Halloween isn't yeah, that man. so cool? It's got that. It's like uh, Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas. It's just yeah. a guaranteed hit again and again. It's just, and so is that song. It's just a fun holiday song that is so catchy. I love it. Yeah. I'm not mad at that. Of course, Thriller was going to no. be number one. Yep. All right. Let's go through our short lists. I'll go first. Oingo Boingo, Dead Man's Party. It's a dead man's party. <laughs> time Warp. I mean, you have to yeah, have the course. Time Warp. You have to do the Time Warp. The Monster Mash is a perfect Halloween song. Agreed. That's a good one. Werewolf of London. Oh, Werewolf of London. <laughs> I also had Screamin' Jay Hawkins on my short list. Ministry, Every Day is Halloween. And I included a really, really, really old song on here just for funsies. Louis Armstrong, Jeepers Creepers. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Okay. What about you? Well, you named you named some that I had on my list as well as see if there are any ones that you didn't name. Um, well, I put Mike Oldfield, Tubular Bells, because it's the Exorcist theme. It is creepy. <laughs> That's a very creepy song. I think you kind of named all the other ones I had. I think I had one from like from the night the Nightmare Before Christmas, the soundtrack from that. There were a lot of soundtrack songs like Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, and. Um, also from Rocky Horror Picture Show, there's some songs in there that could have been thrown on. Time Warp. Well, I said Time Warp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that Halloween has so many fun. I don't want to go down to the basement by Ramones or Pet Cemetery. 
Pet Cemetery. Yeah, that was another one. Those are really fun. Dead Kennedys, Halloween, The Cramps, Teenage, I Was a Teenage Werewolf. Otis Redding has this song called Trick or Treat. And of course, we mentioned Dracula's Wedding by Outcast. Yeah, fun times. Alice Cooper has Feed My Frankenstein. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's honestly, Alice Cooper has so many Halloween I know. songs. I know. I was like, I don't even know if this counts because like his whole stilo is pretty much Halloween. About Alice Cooper, his live show, if you ever get a chance to see him live, you have to go. He still got it. I mean, every song is a jam. I'm oh, not every song. Even the ones you don't know, you'll have fun. But especially the ones you know, it's really fun. <laughs> he cuts his own head off as part what? of the show in huh? a giant guillotine. Okay. Yeah. It's very entertaining. <laughs> I have to see how that works. Yeah. Well, somehow he like moves his head and then it slams down and there's this like wig with a head attached <laughs> That's to hysterical. it. It's, I love it. It's very I love the fun. theatrics. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, I'm going to need your help stringing this very annoying fake spiderweb stuff around the store. So Yes. Let's focus. Let's, let's get to work. We've yeah. got our playlist. Let's get it going. All right. Cool. All right. Well, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Bye. Bye. Record Store Society is hosted by Natalie White and Tara Davies. If you'd like to contact the show, visit our website at recordstoresociety.com. Or you can find us on all your favorite social media sites with the handle at Record Store Society.